It's often a bit mystifying how brands magically go viral overnight. Sometimes they make it big, and other times they crash and burn. Is the road to brand fame and a bump to the bottom line worth the risk? I'm Alexis. And I'm Melissa. And we're just a little obsessed with these marketing moments. So join us as we break down the craziest brand stunts, from how the idea sparked to how the heck they pulled it off. Or didn't, and of course, will it stick? Good morning, Alexis. Good morning, Melissa. I would ask how you are today, but I already know. (laughs) Alexis called me on my way here and she was like, girl, I need you to bring all the jingle bells because I had a night. A night. You know, family drama, it's never fun. I mean, the holidays... The holidays just bring it out like roaring. Yes, the holidays brings out all the family, all the skeletons. You know what I want to (laughs) do? I just like, because somehow I'm like always in the middle. I just want to like throw turkeys at people or do something. (laughs) I don't know. I need to like figure out something that's like so absurd when like people are doing things that like, remember that Mrs. Doubtfire where the guy threw like the orange and he's like, run by fruiting. Maybe I like throw like a bunt cake at someone or <laughs> something like that's really soft and like gentle but like weird but and like random. shakes them up like get the fuck like, out of your who mood who a bunt cake at people like i like that i mean if a bunt cake hits you upside the head you're gonna change your attitude <laughs> but that's like a waste of a perfectly good bunt cake ew i hate bunt cakes oh my gosh you're so funny i love i love cake cake in general Well, today is going to be joyous and it's going to be fun. So let's put a smile on your face. And if anyone else out there is struggling with family drama or on the holidays, this episode should just put a smile on your face, a little extra pep in your step. All (laughs) righty. I'm hearing the jingle bell rock. Okay, good. I can sing you a song, but I don't think anyone came to hear me sing. No. (laughs) That's not your specialty. No, it is not. Well, like we already have said, the holidays are fully upon us, and that means we are spending big money here in the U.S. I mean, Americans on average spend, can you guess how much they spend on holiday gifts every year? Oh my God. A billion dollars. Oh, no, no, no. Like per family. Oh, per family. Or per person, I guess. I don't know, because I have one number that, like, Americans spent on average blank on gifts, holiday items, and holiday-related expenses. $5,000. Only $998. Oh. But that's an average. So think about, like, yeah. it's, an, you know, you're the extreme or I'm the extreme, <laughs> and then, like, we have, you know, the other extremes. Uh, but holiday spending in the U.S. has increased steadily every year, and last year was no exception despite COVID. I mean our holiday gatherings were definitely like smaller, but we still spent $789 billion during last year's holiday season. Oh my gosh. I feel like it wasn't up because people were like, I know there was a lot of lost jobs, but people were just trying to be happier. No, it was up 8.3% increase over 2019. And it's gonna, I mean, every year it goes up a little bit. So people are, and this year, especially people seem to be flush with cash, but no one's working. So it's very confusing. I'm so confused. I I know. I like went to Nordstrom's the other day and they were like sold out of so many things. I'm like, where is it? They're like, we've been slammed. I know. I'm like, I thought no one's working. We can't, I mean, what it's the hell? very confusing. It's a conundrum. Did you know that consumer facing brands typically earn 50% of their revenue in the fourth quarter of the year? Wow. Like half of their revenue in a short three months, all because of the holidays. Wow, that's insane. I know. I mean, the holidays are big business for brands. People are in the holiday spirit, the giving season. They often like throw out the budget and they just splurge on presents and also like on good deals for themselves. Yeah, I was going to say my neighbor, Ashley, sorry, I always call you out, but like she is like Miss Amazon Prime Day or whatever. And I feel like she is always like getting the best deals for herself like, for or herself, for others. For yeah. herself. Yeah. It's easy to do. I mean, I, mean, I love shopping for myself. One for me, two for me. <laughs> One for you, two for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually not just about the gifts. I mean, there's a major increase in consumer spending on travel. Think about all like the traveling people do to oh, visit yeah. families for Thanksgiving and Christmas or like they just buck the trend and go to Hawaii instead of staying in town. Um, oh, I tried that trend. <laughs> I literally was going to book it and 
I saw some good deals and then it's like 2,500 a night. Oh yeah. And people are paying it. It's like competitive. Totally. I mean, people also spend a ton of money on entertaining and throwing parties, on decorations, and even on home renovations pre-entertaining. So like there's just a shit ton of money being spent in Q4 of the year. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Did you look at your baseboards and walls and be like, I might need to paint before people come here? Oh, no. I've <laughs> tried that stuff, but I have three boys, and I would paint them, and they scrape the walls in two seconds. But I want to show you my back guest room, because I bought, like, holiday-themed oh sheets. <laughs> and then I just bought a holiday-themed bath rug that says Mary. So every time I get in the shower, I'm going to be Mary. You're going to go shower in the in the guest room? No, that oh, I bought okay. for my room. <laughs> but the guest room has, like plaid sheets and like a Noel pillow. And yeah, I'm crazy. I love it. Well, that means brands devote a lot of time, a lot of energy and a ton of cash on their holiday marketing and promotions. I mean, they want to target the Alexis's of the world, you know? Shoot. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they do a ton on Black Friday, obviously. So much, but throughout the whole season. Yeah. And today I have a little roundup for you because I mean, we love a good roundup here. I love love roundups, you know. So today we're talking all about holiday PR stunts and marketing campaigns. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. And I was thinking, just, I thought it'd be fun, especially because you need a little spirit. I'm like surprised you didn't come in like a caroling outfit or something I almost did, but I went to dry bar before I came here and I was like, is it too early to wear my ugly Christmas sweater dress? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, um, yes. I could pull that out from the attic. I, I could have. <laughs> but I was thinking, I want you to rate each stunt. And I have I have nine. I have Ooh, nine okay. stunts. Let okay. I want you to rate them all. And I was thinking the rating system could be ho, ho, ho. So <laughs> you give it one ho if it's good. You give it two hoes if it's great. And if it's like amazing, I want three hoes. All right. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> And play along at home. You know, give us a ho. Ho, ho. All right. Okay. Ready to go. So this first one gives me all the feels. I remember seeing it. WestJet is a Canadian airline that did something really different with its holiday campaign in 2013. Do you remember this? No. Twas a night before Christmas and all across the land, the good folks of WestJet had a miracle plan. On the eve before flying, the guests were in their beds. Visions of traveling danced in their heads. While out on the runway, something secret had arrived. It was left in the lounge. It was a Christmas surprise. When passengers entered two different Canadian airports one day leading up to the holidays, at one gate in each of the airports, there was a big screen in what looked like a present. So it was like an activation, like okay. at the gate, basically. So before these passengers got on the plane, they were encouraged to scan their boarding pass at this like station, and they could talk to Santa. Oh, hello there! Is that, is that Cohen? <laughs> what are you looking for Christmas this year, Cohen? A choo-choo train? Ho, ho, ho! A classic! Do you like Thomas? What would mommy and daddy like for for Christmas? Big TV. Yeah, big TV. A big TV. You're looking fabulous. Cool, cool. Right? There was like lots of kids, lots of families there. Cute idea. Well, when they scanned their pass, Santa was actually live on the other end of the screen. And he was actually dressed in blue, which is WestJet's colors. So that's a little confusing, but it was Santa. Okay. Nonetheless. Branded Santa. Branded Santa. And he asked the passengers what they wanted for Christmas. And it looked like a really cute event to entertain families during holiday travel. Okay. There were cameras capturing all of it. But this little chat with Santa was quite different than like your typical mall Santa visit. When the passengers boarded their planes, WestJet employees had taken notes of all of the gifts the customers had asked for, and they went out shopping. Like, crazy shopping. They rushed to get all of the shopping done for every passenger on each of those two flights while they were in the air. And both planes were going to the same destination. I forget where it was. Toronto, maybe, or something? I don't know. 
Plus, they not only like shopped for those presents during the the two flights, they also wrapped every single one, labeled them, and had them ready. So when the passengers all went down- How long was the flight? Like a couple hours max, because it's all within Canada. Oh my God. Um, So when the passengers all went down to baggage claim, instead of their luggage coming out of the conveyor belt, it was all beautifully wrapped presents, like all WestJet branded, all labeled like with the passengers' names. And it was things like from tablets and TVs to socks and underwear. I mean, that poor guy who asked for socks and underwear, and I'll show you the video. It's really funny. Um, Well, it's not, it's actually cute, but like that part's kind of funny. But there was like a huge range of amazing gifts and WestJet employees had all set up a little holiday party right there in baggage claim. I mean, it was How cool. so cool. The reactions on people's faces were priceless. That's like something I want to do. And like when they were talking to Santa at the gate, you know, they scanned their boarding pass, but you assume like they probably scan one per family or whatever. Yeah. Santa knew everyone's name. He'd be like, oh, is that little Bill behind you? And like... If people like faces, you can see in the video, they look a little, like a little shocked, but they already knew all the passengers who were going to be on the plane. Oh, cute. Yeah. So the entire stunt was all captured and put together in like a beautiful video told in a night before Christmas style poem, like all with custom like words. And of course this video went insanely viral. It got 35 million views in the first year on YouTube, actually like pretty quickly in the first couple weeks, I think, and was one of the most watched viral ads of 2013 worldwide, exceeding the brand's goal of 500,000 views. Wow. By (laughs) 7,000%. That is some brand awareness. And in addition, the brand reported revenue year over year increases of 86%, boosts in bookings of 77%, and visits to WestJet.com up by 100%. So like real ROI. Oh my God, that's insane. And to date, like eight years later, that single video has 50 million views and is still talked about as like one of the top holiday campaigns ever done. And I mean, I think the coolest thing about this campaign is that like if you really break it down and think about it, buying gifts for like the couple hundred passengers in the plane isn't really that expensive compared to like other marketing activations like an airline could do. Yeah. But like the payoff was insane. The earned media coverage alone, I mean, and that's really what what, what like propelled the video to go viral, was just bananas. It was everywhere, not just in Canada, like all across over the, the world. world. Yeah. And I had never heard of WestJet before. Like I live in the US, but now I know. And I knew in 2013 when it launched. Yeah. You know? I loved it. And they also like, the other thing that was cool is they really thought about making it viral from the beginning. So like they were thoughtful about capturing all of the video content. It's all super high quality. And the way the final video is put together is just like perfect. That's amazing. I know. So I loved that one. So how many hoes? Ho, ho. Two hoes? Two hoes. Okay. Because I'm still, I'm like, I can't give it all up in the first hoe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, deal. We will not give it up in the first hoe. Okay, the next one. Uber. Uber's always cooking up something. Oh, I bet. And they call these little like things that they cook up surprise and delight campaigns. Awesome. Okay. And they feature things like delivering kittens and puppies to you to cuddle or like sending an Uber ice cream truck on demand to your office for like a free ice cream party. Yeah. I heard about the puppies. That is so cute. I know. Do they they do pigs? No, but they should. They should do pigs. They should totally. Mini pigs, everyone. Could get kind of messy. The I don't mini know. pigs weren't that messy. They weren't. The That's fact true. that they were going to grow big was messy. The, do you want to know? Do you want to explain to everyone like how you know so much about mini pigs? <laughs> yeah, because Melissa, I love mini pigs, and I've just been obsessed with pigs, mini pigs, forever. So I forget what year it was for my birthday. It was, it was your thirty like fifth birthday? Yeah. Melissa had baby pigs delivered to the office as a surprise and we played with them and took pictures and it was so cute and we actually convinced our husbands that we were going to buy one and like I don't know I think I was like we're going to share it or whatever and Melissa's husband like did all this research and found that the lady was a, like a schemer that she that these pigs weren't the true miniature pigs that they were going to be like 40 pounds and 
it was like, oh my God. But we literally, I didn't we put a deposit or something? No, you, want, like, you like were in tears. You called me in tears that night saying like, Melissa, I can't stop thinking about this baby pig. Like I have to buy it. <laughs> she tried to convince our controller at our company, like the the woman who handles all of our finances. Like a support a, pig. Like that we needed a pig for the office. And like, thankfully our controller has a great head in her shoulder. She's like, Okay, like, so you want to buy a pig? Like, who's going to take care of it? Like, where's it going to live? I mean, Melissa, I had, like, signatures from our office of people that were going to take it home. Everyone was on board. Until Mark, like, (laughs) killed my heart. And he was like, the lady's a scammer. I found out all these pigs are actually ginormous. Like, do you think that he just, like, maybe said that? Did he? I don't know. Oh, my God. He was like, what? Mark, you asshole. (laughs) Okay. No, I feel like Mark's the type of crazy researcher. And I felt like, I don't know if he actually did this, but I felt like he probably even like went to her house and like looked at the pig pen and like confirmed and was like, I'm going to call fraud on this chick. (laughs) I mean, if you know my husband, you know that could very well have happened. (laughs) Okay, back to Uber. And we're not talking about pigs. The year is 2013, again, and Uber partnered with Home Depot to deliver Christmas trees to customers for one day in 10 different urban markets. So it was like New York, Philadelphia, D.C., Boston, Chicago, like anywhere that it's like a little bit hard to have a car, basically. So for $135, customers were able to get a seven or eight foot netted tree and a stand from Home Depot. And the purchase was directly charged to the Uber's user account. Um, so they would basically like bring Why don't they you do that tree? all the time? I hate going to get a tree. I know. I like having the tree, but the process is a nightmare. Yeah. So buyers also got an Uber-branded scarf along with their tree purchase, which I don't think I would wear an Uber-branded scarf, but thank you, Uber. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. No. No. This is obviously super convenient for people in big cities, like we said, who like don't have cars. Like, what do you do if you live in Manhattan? Do you like walk down the street with like carrying your Christmas tree? tree? Or like, what if you live in a high rise? Like, how do you get it up there? Yeah, I don't what know. What a pain in the butt. Some days I'm very thankful that we live in like, Oh, you know, yeah. I went to Chicago. Arizona. We stayed in this place and we, of course, you know me, when I go grocery shopping, I just don't get one bag. We had like four bags. And I was like, wait, we have to carry this now? No. It's like yep. not practical. Nope. Well, this campaign earned Uber and, of course, Home Depot, like, a ton of press. And they also geo-targeted customers through social media to promote the campaign. Along with this, I mean, Uber has done some other pretty fun holiday campaigns, too. That same year, if you lived in Seattle, for one week leading up to Christmas, you could order Santa, Mrs. Claus, and a slew of elves right to your doorstep. What? Yeah. That's awesome. You could have your very own 30-minute visit with the big guy himself. It was a week-long promo, like I said, and Santa was like trolling around the Emerald City in a holiday-themed SUV, taking pictures, and even fulfilling Christmas gift requests from people around the city. Oh my God, I love that. Every visit cost customers 50 bucks, and 100% of the proceeds went straight to the Pike Place Market Foundation, and that supports its food bank, senior center, preschool, and community clinic. Okay. That is brilliant. I know. And I feel like that should just be like a staple. I, they should do it in every city. I actually couldn't find that they've repeated that a lot, but I love the idea. And these visits booked up super quick, but those who were lucky enough to snag the promo... They didn't just get Santa and Mrs. Claus and like a couple elves. They got a professional photographer for the 30-minute visit to like capture the moment, sweet peppermint chocolates from Seattle Chocolate, and 10 Santa hats. Oh my God. I feel like you need that today. Can we Uber you some Christmas joy? Can we? That would be so fun. Oh my gosh. Okay. The Santa On Demand promo was actually a partnership between Uber and a company called Double Down Interactive, and that's a Seattle-based gaming company and a subsidiary of gaming giant IGT. And the Seattle Metropolitan Chamber of Commerce like also helped out with the campaign. But what's crazy is all the press was for Uber. So like... I was going to say, how does that tie back to gaming? I mean, they like developed... I, they must have developed something with like ordering Santa, I have no idea. But like it really only gave press to Uber. So those poor other partners didn't get much out of it. Um, And also across the US over the years, Uber has done this like Uber sleigh campaign where it's basically like toy collection and they'll, you know, bring toys and gifts to families who need them. So Uber's done some cool, you know, holiday stuff. I'm picking up what they're putting down. I'm going to give it 
ho ho. But I'd give it three hoes if they would do it in every city every year because I think that's awesome. Yeah. And they could generate, I know logistically, like bringing Christmas trees to people is hard. Yeah. But but they rented, they didn't even use like a driver's car. Home Depot gave the trucks. Oh, yeah. Why so, don't they do that? Or like just, yeah, it's just so easy. I mean, I know Home Depot, you could probably pay for delivery, but it's just through the Uber app, it's so simple. You just like buy the tree through the app too, and it's all included. Brilliant. I know. Brilliant. So I'm I would give it one. I, I was gonna say ho, but okay. I'm but ho ho okay. So we're in between. I mean, a ho I think because it's like a revenue stream, which totally. is smart. Like it wasn't just a stunt; they actually made money off it, which I think was pretty cool. Yeah, totally. Okay, Lexus, the next one. You know what brand you just don't expect to really see or interact with when you open up TikTok? What? Just name one that like you might be surprised by. Like oatmeal. Okay. Butterball turkey. <laughs> <laughs> so during the holiday season, Butterball, despite the fact that we just wouldn't expect it, they pull out all of their stops, all of their creative stunts. Like they do it all. Butterball has been playing a role in Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas dinner since 1954. Wow. When fast froze turkeys were patented under the name Butterball turkey. Wow, brilliant. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. Way back in 1981 was the first year that Butterball launched the Turkey Talk Line. Have you called it before? No, but I (laughs) want to find it. So the Turkey Talk Line helps customers with cooking and preparation questions. Okay. In fact, like I'm not even sure they really looked at it like a big stunt in 81. It was probably just necessary because like you couldn't like Google how to defrost the turkey or like like it, you couldn't easily find that information. Oh, interesting. Right? Okay. So they probably were like, oh, we need to do this to like answer questions. The first year, Butterball employed six home economists, as they called them, like oh, okay. homemakers. Yeah, okay. <laughs> to work the phones to answer 11,000 turkey cooking questions throughout the months of November and December. Wow. Interesting. Yep. Now it's been 40 years since the professionally trained turkey talk line experts have existed to save the day during the holidays. And now there are more than 50 experts answering more than 100,000 questions from the U.S. and Canada. They still do it? They still do it, but they've taken it to the next level. Let me tell you. Oh my gosh. Do you know, though, what the most frequent asked question is? How do I fry a turkey? No. How long a turkey takes to defrost? Like, people are literally pulling out their turkeys on the morning of Thanksgiving thinking they'll be able to cook them in time. Like, out of the freezer. I'm like, oh, my God. You have to defrost it, like, days before. Okay, so... I wouldn't have known that. What? I don't do anything with the turkeys. Wes has been rubbing those things since like 5 a.m. this morning. <laughs> it's super weird. You have to defrost it like days before. Like you buy it and then put it in your fridge or leave it on your counter for like yeah, a little Yeah, you got bit. it like three days ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess some people don't know that. So in 2013, the company added some men to the turkey talk line because 25% of all of the calls come from men. And apparently they wanted to relate to them more than like the grandma answering the phone. You oh, know? yeah. So they added guys. And these experts can talk you through all of your turkey day troubles, whether you're cooking the bird in the oven, in the fryer, in the smoker, like, or anywhere in between. Like they've kept up with the times and the trends. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And as the world moved away from the phone lines into texting and social media, Butterball evolved as well. Oh, they brought it. They have to have an app. They, you know what? They don't have an app, but you can text Butterball. You can tweet Butterball. You can ask Alexa questions from Butterball experts. And now, Alexis, in 2021, for the first time ever, you can TikTok about your turkey and Butterball will help you. Oh my gosh. They are on TikTok. So according to Butterball, They released a survey this year that found that 73% of people have cooked or prepared food or a meal based on some viral food trend from social media. And 56% said they've pulled recipe ideas straight from TikTok. So now if you go to TikTok, you will find Butterball Turkey and you can join in on the Turkey Talkline Taste Kitchen where recipes inspired by popular social media food trends are featured and taste tested by the Turkey Talk Line gurus and given thumbs up or thumbs down. That was really hard to say, all those T's. Turkey <laughs> Talk Line. Ta- bu- bu- um, Butterball has already posted videos on like a stuffing waffle sandwich, Thanksgiving roll ups 
pickle brined turkey and spicy dry brined turkey. Uh, They also film a ton of tips like this one that I want to show you real quick. You don't need to buy a rack to roast your turkey. You say no rack, no problem. All you need is a foil coil. Like, you never think you're going to follow, like, Butterball Turkey on TikTok? I mean... But people probably do. Well, actually, only 500 so far. They just launched it this year, and we're already in December. Um, So, you know, we'll see when the time, like, when this actually, like, comes out, if it's gone up. Um, I love their effort, but I think the reason their numbers are so low is, like, I'm surprised at who they've chosen as their spokespeople on TikTok. Like, I totally get... The turkey talk line, like you envision calling your grandma and like that makes sense for the talk line. But they need like a someone they funny. They need a hot chick. Yeah, or, or like, a comedian. Or a comedian like, or like doing something funny. Or so. like a home baker who's like, or a home cook who's like trending on social media, right? Like they need someone to anchor the campaign or like different demographics of people. And maybe it's coming. I just haven't seen but it like, yet. But like that lady is like boring. Tar- boring. Boring. So it's like, I get it. Again, like that persona works for the talk line, but like TikTok you gotta really. Maybe we need to call Butterball. Step we could it like up. throw the turkey down the hallway. Spice it up, Butterball. Spice it I up. I mean, Melissa, maybe I should do that. Like on Christmas, a turkey. You should do a alley. turkey TikTok. A turkey TikTok. Oh my god! You know what would be so funny? Making a video about a, a guy or a girl, like you actually, it should be you. Like you took out the turkey and you tried to thaw it, like on the day of Thanksgiving, and like it never thawed, and you're like, oh well, let's just do bowling, and like you like. <laughs> All the things you can do with a with a frozen turkey. turkey. Oh my Besides god! Besides, eat it. That would be awesome. Okay, done. We're doing it. But yeah, I think like we'll have to watch the numbers and see if they go up. And maybe they're coming out with some cool stuff. But um, I like the effort. Execution is kind of eh. How many hoes, Lex? How many hoes? Ho, ho, just one single ho for Butterball. Okay. Oh my gosh, I have to tell you one funny thing. So my kids made turkey balloons. Like they made like Thanksgiving Day parade balloons during Did Thanksgiving. Did they do it with a um, glove and they blew it up? And no, then- like they made their own balloon floats and <gasps> they walked around the school. I forgot to tell you about that. And they like did a parade in their in the oh back of the school. That's so cool. I know. And I'm like, and so now, and Caden was so excited when he watched the Thanksgiving Day parade. Like, yeah. How cool. I know. Everyone loved that episode, by the way. It was like so fun to cover that. I Yay. Okay. Next one. I think we can agree that Black Friday shopping has gotten pretty extreme in our lifetime. Yes. Right? Have you done anything crazy? No. You never like sit in a store line like overnight with a tent with your Yeti? No. (laughs) Okay. I mean, but today- I would rather pay more for convenience and not get attacked. Yeah, me too. I mean, but we know there are shoppers who line up outside stores in the freezing cold starting on Thanksgiving. Oh my God. On the Target here, people are like all the way to fries, like with freaking tents. Well, this year Target didn't open on Thanksgiving, which thank God, but they're open on Black Friday. They opened on Black Friday, of course. Now we've moved into stores, like I said, being open on Thanksgiving, which is crazy. Like Thanksgiving's supposed to be family time and like peaceful and like everyone's supposed to be closed and it's well you know what I think smart some brands now like I've been getting I like I got Black Friday deals the entire week before Black Friday so I think it's smart because it used to be that one day and it would stress so many people out and honestly it's like really limiting for the company just to get sales on that day like why not have your Black Friday sale last that whole week yeah totally well in 2015 REI one of your favorite stores They decided to do something really different and start a new tradition. Okay. Do you know what it is? No. In 2015, the outdoor retailer decided to buck the Black Friday trend and close all of its stores on Black Friday, refusing to participate, despite the fact that, like, clearly it would lose out on money. Yeah. A lot of money. That's crazy. It had a plan to launch the hashtag opt outside campaign with a goal to get employees and customers to nix consumerism and choose to spend Black Friday enjoying the outdoors rather than shopping. I love that. REI, by the way, I have started an REI episode. Oh, so we will be covering REI soon because they are a phenomenal brand. They're yeah. just like cool people. Well, hopefully I don't ruin this for your episode, but I mean, 
they, it's a huge risk to take in a hope that your brand's campaign will like spark attention and like take a stand like that. Because I mean, people spend a lot of money on Black Friday, but it was such a strong stance to take that really showed like what REI like stood for at its core. Yeah. Um, the year the campaign was launched in 2015, the brand netted a 7,000% increase in social impressions and more than 2.7 billion with a B media, like earned media impressions in the first 24 hours. Oh my God, I love it. And they also won like a ton of awards. Their agency, their PR agency was Edelman and they won like nine Cannes Lions, which is crazy. Crazy. And because it was so successful, REI has worked to evolve that single stunt into a true movement that could become an American tradition. They have worked hard to expand it to include a search engine that lets users around the world share their outdoor experiences using the campaign's hashtag. So like you so can actually cool. go on the landing page and like find people's like opt outside experiences. So cool. Yep. And REI partners with nonprofits now as a part of opt outside as well. Um, they started that with the National Park Service in 2016. And since then, they've expanded it to hundreds of organizations most notably, I think it was like 2018 or 2019, they really changed their focus to be on global warming because like the environmental impact has been like crazy. really crazy. So they're really focused on that. In 2019, the hashtag opt outside campaign had over 11.6 million engagements. 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 That means people aren't just talking about it. They're including their family and friends, like and sharing posting. it, posting. Like, I mean, that's, Brilliant. Well, you know amazing. what? I, well, this is a little bit of a preview, but what is so cool about REI is their employees are so, and I guarantee, I, I don't know, if maybe I'll try to find this in my episode, but their employees are so loyal and they, like every one of them are like mini ambassadors for their social media. So I guarantee you that contributed to the success of REI. Oh yeah. I don't want to like give too much information, but I mean, they pretty much require their employees to be mini ambassadors. Like when they hire them, they're like, this is the requirements to post on social wow. media. Wow, I yeah. like that. I think that's great. I mean, I think that should be a thing. I know. If you want to like work for a brand, you should be proud to represent them. Exactly. But I love that one. I, I'm curious, how many hoes, Lex? I say ho, 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 just because you know what? I'd rather be outside any day with my family and it's more magical than being in a store and again, fighting the crowds. It's like Mary was telling, or not Mary, Stella was telling me that people legit on things the week before Thanksgiving when she was shopping for me were like getting in fights at Trader Joe's, like pulling things out of each other's hands. That's crazy. I was like, shoot, you got to wear body armor to go to the store. That's insane. I agree. I think it deserves three hoes as well. Ho it up. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Okay. Um, next one. I will never forget at one of my very first jobs after graduating college. Is that Togo's? No, I worked at Togo's when I was 14. <laughs> like making sandwiches. Like the only job I remember that Melissa had before oh Serendipit. Like, like the I worst don't job ever. That she actually had other jobs before <laughs> Serendipit. All I think about is her making sandwiches, which is so freaking ironic because you hate sandwiches and you hate things all mixed together. Like whatever made you want to get a job at Togo's? I was 14 and no one else would hire me. Oh, okay. And then I became a shift manager and I was making like five seventy-five an hour and I was so proud of myself. I was like a 15 year old at that point, like managing like grown men. <laughs> oh my God. That is so funny. That's like kid. me. I at 16, I started 14 at the coffee shop and then I got promoted to manager at 16. And I thought I was like the coolest person being able to like order the, the ingredients for the coffee. And I was like doing inventory, you know, it was big time. I think I was making 575 as well. Crazy. <laughs> okay. Well, at my first job after college, which was not Togo's, thank you very much, I had a boss who thought it would be hilarious to create a holiday card through this new Elf Yourself tool. It featured all of our faces on Elf bodies dancing around to some cheesy song, and you could email these cards to your friends and coworkers, and it was like the thing to do in 05, actually 06 and 07. I think it came out in 06. We, Do you remember? we just did one like last year. Okay. It's still a thing. I know. I freaking, that company is, and they've like evolved to so many cool things. Okay. Quick question for you though. You know, it is still a thing and it's cool that we're all still doing it and we know about it, but do you know why it's not so good? I have no idea what the company's name is. I just know Elf Yourself. Yeah. Guess what company it is. You have what? no idea. Office Max. What? Office Max has spent the better part of almost two decades 
investing in this campaign and launching it. And like literally no one knows that it's Office Max. And now Office Max and Office Depot are one company. So like it's both, but like it's Office Max. What? I know. They always had a technology partner. So you might remember like Jib Jab or whatever. Oh, Jib Jab, yeah. That's not the brand that's doing it. That's the company that developed it that like they paid to do it. Like they partnered with them. And they actually got more, they got more like recognition and press than these people. Than Office Max. Office Max. Uh-oh, I already know it's a one-ho. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me give you a little more before you pass that judgment, okay? okay? The brand did get a lot of earned media attention like that first year that it came out in 06 when Elf Yourself first launched. Broadcasters at stations all over the U.S., like plus the Today Show and Good Morning America, all created their own dancing holiday greeting for viewers. So like it became a viral sensation and Office Max was a part of the story, but like no one remembered it. No, I, you know what? I, I would like make hundreds of those. I know. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. And Office Max obviously has kept the campaign going since 06, since you just said like, you know, they, you still do it. But in 2008, it attempted to add a registration requirement to the campaign to capture data, which would make sense, right? You should have done that in the beginning. Well, traffic totally dropped like crazy from like 200 million to 50 million. Oh, wow. So it it ditched that the next year. And since 06, when it launched, users have created over 1.6 billion elves. And apparently, Alexis has done a billion of them herself. (laughs) (laughs) I think I would just like sit there and create them and just laugh by myself. And then, you know what? I feel like I'd post them to MySpace. Like that's when my I yeah. would post. Like, and I felt so cool because I could figure out the HTML to yeah. actually post it. Oh my God. Oh, oh yes. yes. Well, in recent years, the Elf Yourself app, yes, now they have an app, has been updated with new features such as augmented reality and the ability to print your Elf as a seasonal greeting card. Oh my God. Users can also share their creations on social media along with the hashtag Elf Yourself. But I mean, the jury is really out in my opinion. And actually not just my opinion, a lot of other sources on the internet about if the campaign like really did anything for Office Max. No. I I say no. I don't even know if I can give it a full ho. <laughs> it's a ho. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I'll give it a one It's hoe. a half a hoe. No, I think it's a hoe because I friggin' love the elves. But yeah, like the concept is great, but fail. Fail in Office Max, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this next one's right up your alley. Oh, God. How do you feel about Red Lobster? <laughs> well, considering my lovely husband, that was like apparently a hotspot for him growing up. In Johnstown, Pennsylvania? That was like one of the first places they took me. And apparently they like still talk about it today. Like, remember Alexis's face when we like went, took her to pulled Red up to her up the girl from Pasadena, California. Like, only like, goes red to bougie. lobster. I never get red lobster from Red Lobster. Oh my god, you never get red lobster no, from I Red mean, Lobster. <laughs> lobster from Red Lobster. Okay, well, it's not my jam either because I don't think I can eat like one thing on the menu. It reminds me of like Sizzler. It's It's the same thing. It's literally the same thing. But many people are extremely obsessed with one product at Red Lobster. The butter. The Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Oh, yeah. It's the biscuits. So to give those super fans a little something special for the holiday season, something they can use to keep those beloved biscuits safe and warm, Red Lobster launched its Red Lobster Ugly Christmas Sweater with an insulated pocket to keep those biscuits that you steal from the restaurant warm in your pouch. <laughs> that is so weird. Yeah. So like as you hop from holiday party to holiday party, maybe you have a little too much to drink. No problem. Reach into your pocket of biscuits. <laughs> grab one. And, you know, soak up some of that eggnog. Oh my God. That is hilarious. I know. So the, where would you buy these? Just at Red Lobster? No, online. They launched it in 2019 and it's at redlobstershop.com. It's not live like that I could see right now. Maybe it will be. But the black sweater can only be described as hideously holiday. It's covered in lobsters, shrimp, cheddar bay biscuits, and snowflakes. Can you still buy those? Perfect. I'm sure you can get it on Amazon. Like, Oh, yeah. 100%. Or... I mean, I'm always hungry. It's like a little snack bag. It's it actually is really smart. I don't know about warm biscuits though. <laughs> it just seems awkward. Like it's like, weird. 
<laughs> what, then what if you forget about it and you wash it? Oh, God. I imagine like that the sweater like must smell like the inside of a Red Lobster restaurant. Like, And then you like, how weird if you're like at a holiday party, you're like, <laughs> let me just grab my biscuit. biscuit. <laughs> oh, I'm saving that for later. Oh my God. I'm going to buy that for Wes. That this, is phenomenal. Well, the stunt kicked off in 2019 and the sweater was available, like I said, at the brand's first ever pop-up online merch store, redlobstershop.com. And it cost $39.99. Oh. It didn't even come with biscuits. That's a lot of money for an ugly sweater. They Can you yeah, buy it? Did you look it I up? Know. I know. I'm looking. Okay. Oh um, my God. You can also buy many other collectibles, like an insulated fanny pack that can also hold your biscuits and many more items. Oh my God. Yes. So if you are a Red Lobster super fan, you already know that in early November this year, Red Lobster released a Cheddar Bay biscuit stuffing recipe just in time for making all your holiday feasts. They launched this recipe in conjunction with offering free deliveries so that they could make, you know, hosting your holiday gathering easier the week of Thanksgiving because nothing says Thanksgiving like red lobster. Oh my God. Right? Um, Actually, earlier this year, Red Lobster announced a promotion in honor of National Biscuit Day on May 14th, and they did a search for one lucky person, Alexis, who would become the first ever Ever. First heifer? First. <laughs> oh, that ties in. You need more biscuits. Not the first heifer. The first ever chief biscuit officer. Oh, brilliant. So the winner of this contest would be honored with that title for a year. They would also get $1,000 in Red Lobster gift cards and an opportunity to weigh in on upcoming dishes, extra Cheddar Bay biscuits to take home, and special VIP status at the winner's favorite Red Lobster restaurant. Like, where do you get a parking spot? Oh my God. I don't know. This is crazy. The, but this stunt, all of these stunts, got a ton of press. I really like looked hard for the winner of the chief biscuit officer, but like there was, I, they didn't post the winner. I really wanted to see the person's face, like who won, oh who was like the chief biscuit officer. So bummer, but... Lex, how many hoes? Ho, ho, ho. Good. I am buying this biscuit sweater. This is freaking hilarious. Did you find it? <clears throat> yes. Oh my gosh, I'm Wait, excited. where's the like little... The pouch? Where's the pouch? It's like hidden. It's like it's like a little pouch on the in the front, I think, like a kangaroo pouch. Oh my God. <gasps> yes. Wes is going to die. <laughs> he literally loves red lobster. So you should go and get a bunch of the biscuits And too. put them in there. Yes, and in the pouch. Him. It's perfect. I have an idea for how else he could do it, too. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, moving on. I don't even know what number we're on, but this is a good one, too. Now, there's one tradition that I can relate to with the holidays, and it's not Red Lobster Biscuits. Okay. When I get together with my siblings, we love ourselves a good competitive game of Monopoly. Oh, my God. What about you? We played one year when Wes... Chelsea was like in high school and she cried because she didn't win. So it gets insane. Yes, it does. Uh, What is your Monopoly strategy normally? Like I always go after all the railroads. I swear by it, you win almost every time. I just buy everything I can. Okay. Well, Hasbro, maker of Monopoly, conducted a survey done in 2016 that showed 51% of Monopoly games end in a fight. Oh my God. It does. Chelsea. Yeah, see? The number one most common dispute is around people making up rules because every family has their own rule, right? Oh, yeah. It's like a sure. Okay. So seeing as board games often come out at family gatherings, like this is critical information to keep in mind if your family's known to go a little off the rails with competitiveness, right? Like you better know what you're getting yourself into when you set up that game because you could be looking at 30 minutes, two hours. Ours are always like, I'm like done. It's like hours and hours. I know. So to help combat this potential situation, in 2016, Monopoly set up a Christmas hotline in the UK that players could call to settle any disagreements that may arise throughout the course (laughs) of your game. The hotline was staffed with Monopoly experts who could weigh in on issues like fake rules, poor sportsmanship, stealing money, and many more. Oh my God. Monopoly claimed that its experts were trained and unbiased, but 
It's a bit unclear of exactly like what kind of training these experts were put through. They're not like therapists, are they? I mean, maybe they are. I don't know. But I was thinking as a backup option to the Monopoly like mediation line, if you had that Red Lobster ugly Christmas sweater, you could just throw biscuits at people. Like... (laughs) Or turkeys, remember? Or turkeys. Or bun cakes. Yeah, you could throw whatever. I mean, it would would totally work. So how many hoes, Lex? Ho, ho, ho. Okay, cool. That is awesome. Three hoes for my That is like, you know, solving the world's problems right there. (laughs) Totally is. Okay. Club Wyndham is the flagship vacation ownership brand in the Wyndham Destinations portfolio. Okay. It is the world's largest vacation ownership and exchange company, a.k.a. Timeshares, people. It's just a timeshare. Timeshare. That's a lot of fancy words to say timeshare. So in 2019, Club Wyndham decided to spread a little holiday cheer loud for all to hear with a sweet stay like no other, inspired by the classic holiday film Elf. Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! So travelers of all ages would be transported into Buddy the Elf's imaginative and over-the-top Christmas world when they booked an exclusive one-bedroom suite at Club Wyndham Midtown 45 in New York City. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So the vacation club suite was decked out with everything you needed to have the perfect holiday experience. Like from the moment you would arrive, you'd be immersed into a winter wonderland. The door to your suite was dressed with that like iconic elf jacket, you know, and they would welcome your family. You'd walk into the living room and dining room and it would be filled with all of Buddy's favorite holiday decor. There were hundreds of paper snowflakes, popcorn, and paper garlands, like, all along the room. There was a towering Christmas tree that was beautifully decorated with golden ornaments. And guests would walk into a light, bright welcome message. Jack-in-the-box toys under the tree, a colorful gift-wrapped mural wall complete with six-inch ribbon curls, and in the kitchen... Ribbons covered the cabinets, and the full-size fridge was stocked with elves' four essential food groups. Oh, my gosh. Candy, candy canes, candy corn, and maple syrup. Oh, my God. (laughs) So families were, like, totally stocked with everything they would need to prepare a Buddy the Elf-inspired meal. And there were lots of treats, including spaghetti, marshmallows, chocolate sauce, Pop-Tarts, like, rolls of cookie dough, M&Ms, and, of course, liters and liters and liters of soda. If you've seen the movie, you know. And if you haven't seen it, why are you here? Elf is like, (laughs) God. It's just iconic. I know. The Elf-themed suite could fit up to four guests, and it was available for reservations from December 2nd through the 26th in 2019, and rates started at $399 a night or 15,000 Wyndham Rewards points. Wow. But you had to be like a club Club member member to, you know, be in on it. Families that booked could also follow in Buddy's footsteps through the city with complimentary admission for up to four people to the Empire State Building and tickets to Rockefeller Center for the ice skating rink. Wow. I know. I think it's cute. So cute. But what was just the goal? Just to get the brand out there? They just got a ton of press Press. for Wyndham. I mean, if you look at the pictures of the suite, like it's cool because it's decked out, but like not bougie enough for me. No, Sorry. I don't want it looks like canes. It looks like, like an office space. Oh my God. Or something. But such a cute idea. And like they got so much press for this. So how many hoes, Lex? Ho, ho. That's what I thought too. I would give it between a ho and a half to a ho, ho. Oh, ho. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Next one. And this is the final one, actually. These like went by really fast. I know. I could have pulled so many more, but I was trying to keep it reasonable. Okay. So I have to end on a little bit of a sentimental note. I want to admit that I cry at like 50% of commercials. So it's not a surprise that at this one, like I tear up every single time, but maybe you'll feel differently. So let me like like describe it to you while I show it to you. This is from 2013 and it's from Apple and they released a short film as their holiday ad that year. Okay. So you start out seeing a teenage boy holding an iPhone and he pulls up with his family and a carload of presents to what I assume is like their grandparents' house. 
and you see like scene after scene of the family throughout the whole holiday week or weekend doing all the things together, like playing in the snow, decorating the tree, baking, just like laughing. And the teenager is like sitting on the side like the whole time and it looks like he's on his phone. Yeah. And it's almost like pretty typical. I mean, teens and kids like choosing technology over family time. Like I get annoyed with my kids all the time. Yeah. So um, it's a little bit like sad, you think. And then you see this final scene where the whole family is like coming down the stairs for Christmas morning and they're all gathered around the tree and the teenage boy like airplays something to the TV like when everyone's gathered. And this video plays with like Christmas music behind it and it's this video he's made of all of the special holiday moments of the gathering and it's like action shots of like sledding and like decorating and like you see even a moment of like the iPhone peeking into like the parents bedroom and like they're hugging and it's like it's just it's so I'm getting good. I got teary eyed yeah. I know I'm getting chills like describing it um and it is so beautiful and at the end you see like the parents and the grandma like crying and everyone's hugging and through this video what's so interesting to me is like Apple really managed to insert its product like into this, like the sentimentalness of the season, but in two like unique ways. The first way is it knocks the idea that phones are like only used to avoid time with your family, you know, but it also demonstrates like the actual capabilities of that version of the iPhone, like the ability to make that kind of movie and like take that, those great shots. I don't know. I thought it was so unique and so well done. And I'm not the only one. This commercial won an Emmy for most outstanding commercial. I give it a ho, ho, ho. It was awesome. So good. It's like captures everything. The essence of Christmas, like you said, it captures like this bad stigma people may have of the phone, but he's actually creating, which is so cool. And it's like so relatable to anyone who has kids or like is a kid, you know? Yeah. I agree. Three hoes for Apple. Awesome episode, lady. This was fun. It was fun to get a little like spirit going. I know. I can't wait to get my holiday bacon, my biscuit sweater, (laughs) but uh, I'm like pumped for the holidays now. I know. Me too. Well, before we get too pumped, I want to just shout out a few sources. Any favorites? I mean, I really love the Christmas present one that WestJet did. That's incredible. Yeah. And yeah, the lobster sweater. I mean, that is just awesome. I know. So good. Well, that is a wrap on our holiday PR stunts and marketing campaigns. So now let's talk about a few of the sources. There were so many. So as usual, I'll link them all on willitstickpodcast.com. But Marketing Dive's article about Red Lobster and their ugly holiday sweaters for biscuits, that was from November 2019 by Deanna Christie. Huffington Post had a really good article about Monopoly's hotline. Um, That was by Rebecca Shapiro from 2016. Travel and Leisure had a great article about the Elf-themed suite, and that was from November 2019. And let's see here. Oh, Food and Wine covered Butterball's turkey talk line and how they're headed to TikTok. Oh, my God. So that was by Mike Pomranz from October 2021. And again, the rest of the sources will be linked um, on willitstickpodcast.com. Awesome. We hope you loved the episode. And again, please, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or and follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And have a great holiday. Happy holidays. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.